Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Alright, rise. Doesn't he say that in Star Wars? He said rise. Rise. <laughs> rise Lord Vader, doesn't he? Yeah, doesn't he? I, I don't know, to be honest. <laughs> um, I've been giving away, on the radio, I've been giving away tickets to Rise Festival, so I've been saying rise, but now I kind of realise that maybe my rise doesn't even make any sense. Welcome to the Luca Pisha. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have the chance to win Rise Festival tickets in Chelmsford. You don't. Featuring Noel Gallagher, Rag and Bone Man, James Bay, anyone? We don't give away any prizes on no. this show. Do you want to know why? Oh, is our, is our show not enough? Yeah. Is, is, I don't it's know. for free, you dickheads. Yeah. Is, is, is work rate a reason? Because <laughs> we're putting it in over here. We are putting it in. You shouldn't be putting it in. No. Um, <laughs> how have you been, uh, Luke Moore? You had a good week? We've been yeah, kind of seeing a lot of each other because of the worldie. Yeah, you're the sort of person, Peter, you are the sort of man who doesn't like spending more than like a couple of hours in anyone's company. And we've established that. And we've, we've been through that on the show, and I won't mm. repeat it at the risk of boring all our listeners. So I imagine this period of time we've done so many shows because of the World mm-hmm. Cup, because of this, because of that, and because of the other, that you're finding it very tough. To I... the point of where you almost sabotaged your own body by falling asleep on purpose in Hyde Park and giving yourself, and I make no bones about this, the most horrific sunburn I've seen in the UK, ever. Five words for you, Luke. I have my own friends, and I... I just checked that he's fine. Look at his little eyes drifting yeah. off. I did it once. Uh, yeah, I did it I, under the table with my hands so you yeah, wouldn't see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah, I did fall asleep on a deck chair and give myself horrific burns. And where I were should... your friends then? <laughs> they were next to me. Yeah, uh, I, yeah I, 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 I thought, I'll tear myself off, get a bit of sun. And uh, the problem is I'd kind of got a bit of sun the weekend before and I'd started peeling in a very specific part of my body. The sternum? The sternum. Yeah. And, the uh, solar plexus. The solar plexus and, uh, and the sun attacked it rather heavily. And uh, I'm in all kinds of trouble this week, to be honest. It's gone all scabby. I mean, it went talked... all blistery, then it went all scabby. And We've talked a bit about sunburn before, but you're still suffering. So I haven't been able to hug anyone all weekend. And I'm a hugger. Heaven you are. knows I'm a hugger. You're a hugger, not a fighter. Mm. Now, listen, we have another... <laughs> Regular listeners to the show will realise this is an issue that rears its considerably uglier head than, than normal. Like a bad poo. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, uh, it is the, the, the thorny issue of what episode number we're fucking on. Well, uh, you, somebody... don't, you don't want to be a part So you've washed your hands of it. So you won't have any contribution to the episode number no, issue but I because didn't you know... didn't want them to be numbered in the first place. I didn't. That was uh, a year ago, but you're sticking with it. I noticed, um, yeah, apathy goes a long way. I True. think, um, uh, yeah, I think uh, it's 70, I think we're on 73 now because I know for a fact that uh, the person who lo- uploads the show, not me, I'd like to point out, 
uh, got the numbers wrong at one yeah, point. Yeah, you're insane. We're on 79 now. Are we? Oh, yeah. Crumbs. I believe we're on 79. Well, I, 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 missed that, I misnumbered two as 76. Right. And, but I think I've got us back in sync now. And I'm fairly <laughs> certain this is 79. Regardless, it doesn't actually matter. Well, we didn't make a point of the 69 one. So I'm very disappointed at that. We could have done a sex special. No, that was when you bought your first real six string, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> at the fine, the five and nine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, previously on, on, on the Who Compete show, which it doesn't matter what number it is. It, it only matter. matters that it looks uniform on the iTunes or wherever you get your products. Right. That's all I care about. Previously, we talked about um, a beer flood in the 19th century. Do you want to hear a little previously thing? Or? Okay, all right. Last time on Dragon Ball Z. We talked about sunburn, something we've done again today. Mm. Fighting in PE class, inclusive of teachers. Yes. I don't remember that much. The teacher headbutted, the PE teacher headbutted a child. And oh, then, was never and seen was again. Never seen again. That's right, yeah. Maybe, um, he just went, maybe he just got a taste for it and just decided to headbutt all the children in the world. Yeah, and then headbutt. The mystery the, child headbutter. And then headbutt the head teacher. Yeah. And then headbutt the police officer. It's like the video game school days. And then headbutt the judge. Um... We also talked a bit about bungee jumping because you did one. Did one, yeah. Bungee jump. Jumped off the thing. And um, that old favourite, something there for everyone, Christopher Lambert being legally blind. Oh, yeah. He's always hurting himself with he swords is. and stuff. He is. Um, this week around, I this time around, sorry. This I week say. around. This week around. It sounds like a Green Day song. Hmm. Um, I watched, so I've got this thing, and I know you're going to hate this, but just, just work with me. Go with me. When... Because we're in this weird sort of hinterland where there's just always football on TV at the moment. Mm. I'm not really watching anything at all other than football, football, right? So what I've taken to doing, uh, in the group stage, there was like half an hour between each game or whatever before the coverage started again. Yes. And now it's a bit longer. Uh, God knows what I'm going to do next week. (laughs) Just one match a day. I'll take take each day at a time. But um, I've (laughs) I've gone to the Sky Planner pretty much every day and just flicked on channel 133, which is the Good Food channel. Okay. It's relaxing, yeah. background type stuff. Mm. It's interesting. I know you hate the sort of fetishization of food, but is, it, is, it man, is there any man versus food or is this more no. like Gordon Ramsay kitchen nightmare? No, it's, it's, like a... it's actually a little bit more gentle than that. Right. It's more stuff like um, oh, Rick Stein right, and the okay. hairy bikers and that kind of stuff. They, anyway. I, I quite like the hairy bikers. So do I. They seem quite genuine. So do I. And anyway, the other day I flicked on and it complete, I'd completely forgotten about this and I was stunned as to how like mad it is like ridiculous hmm. is that show Two Fat Ladies oh, with yes. Clarissa Dixon Wright and Jennifer Patterson one of them's both, passed away no both of them have passed away oh, now, sadly. they yeah, both so, gone so we won't speak of the, we won't speak of the dead God rest them and all that yeah. but the show itself Pete is it reminds me of a even more mad but more up to date Keith Floyd yeah, it's it's. If you look at those two, somebody, somebody, <laughs> don't do the drinky drinky motion. <laughs> uh, it just, it, I don't know how that show came to be. Uh, they were big for 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 quite a while, which uh, is quite surprising. If any like American or, or foreign listeners uh, dip their toy in, it only into ran YouTube for four and, years that show. Oh, really, ninety six to ninety nine inclusive. Right. Yeah, they were just um, two eccentric, but like proper British eccentrics, weren't they? Who, yeah. And and to give you a bit of, bit of meat on the bones, pun intended, about why this episode was so mad, mm. right? So neither of them are presenters. No. So they just stand there talking to each other and they are filmed doing so. Yes. The food is of the Keith Floyd variety. It's a bit rich. I mean, yeah. we, we haven't even got food to offer people. No, yeah. It's true. But listen to this though, Pete. The episode I saw, one of them is making, one of them just stands there mm. and cuts out a really bad looking dog in pastry to put on top of the pie that the other one's making, which is basically a load of venison fried off, a bottle of port and pastry on top 
and put the little dog on it and put it in the oven. And get this, this is the kicker. They don't even finish the show by taking out the oven. They go, <laughs> they go to some sort of um, air display, right? Talk to a pilot and the show finishes. They don't even show you the cooked food. All right. Well, maybe that's not the focus. Well, clearly They're isn't. just two donnery old, old lasses having a good time. Get, them in, get it in the oven and get, get these two out of here. Get them out of my sight. <laughs> get them to an airfield immediately. Get were them they, were any, did any of them have any grounding in cooking? Were they just kind of like good old um, uh, like British cooking so that, 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 that women well, of a certain age seem to think they're good at? Clar- Clarissa Addiction Wright's dad was the ro- surgeon to the royal family. Uh, oh, okay. Right. Yeah. And Jennifer Patterson, I'm not sure. I know uh, my uh, somebody I know's dad is the uh, royal doctor. Huh. That's quite good. Yeah. Following in the footsteps of Mr. Dixon Wright, he went blind briefly, like Christopher Lambert. Briefly, yeah. But Lambert's yeah, still blind, right? Yeah. Came back uh, eventually. Oh, actually, no. Actually, having said that, having said that, I don't know about Jennifer Patterson, but Clarissa Dixon Wright had an amazing life, mm. right? Listen to this as a as a write up write up in her bio, right? She is an English celebrity chef, television personality, writer, businesswoman, and former barrister. The youngest person called to the bar at the time, uh, and is an accredited cricket umpire and one of only two women ever to become a guild butcher. Come on. She's fit a lot in. Yeah, it's one of the things where it's like... Around uh, the drinking. (laughs) It's like two two people who've who've lived a good life and they're having a lovely time, put them on telly because they are just incredibly good value. They've seen life. And if you're listening, TV producers, and commissioning <laughs> we've done, editors, we've done nothing. I we've could probably no, you. I could probably carry us through. I think I could carry hold us it through? up. What's I could hold it about? up. I could. Uh, you, Some you boring you, shit about I don't know space or rocks. Yeah, I'll be going. Let's talk about shit. <laughs> Let's talk day. about human shit and the depths we can all go to. Because that's day. where you find shit about life. That's <laughs> what you find about yourself when you're covering your own shit that's and someone you, else's. That's what you think of yourself. The other day when we had a WhatsApp conversation about potential future shows we could do, you replied saying, I don't want to do anything about rocks, space or animals. Yeah. What's wrong with animals? It's just, it's just, it's just a bit QI. It's just a bit BBC. It's like, and did you know that the AI, the monkey, has big ears and a little finger to get termites out of but holes? But if I said to you, Pete, <laughs> let's do a show where you and I do exactly what we do now once a week. We mm. sit in the studio, but here's the, here's the X factor. There's right? an AI in the room. <laughs> Every week, one of us brings a different animal in and we just watch it do stuff. Watch it do... Yeah, but then we're just describing... Think about it. We'll, paint, we'll have to paint pictures. Don't answer now. He's tuning Think- it would just be us going, oh, I've got to buy a new fucking USB cable. <laughs> yeah. Hello at lukeandpeacher.com if you would like that to happen or you would like to no, get in touch with us you, 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 for any reason whistle. at all. It's a dog whistle for people who want to mug me off, <laughs> which is everyone. Isn't this show just that anyway? <laughs> we were talking about you being, um, I'm, I feel like I'm your psychic on this show, but you are traditionally, you've, you've, you've carved out quite the niche for yourself as an audio-based sidekick. Is that It's not fair? really a niche when you make no money out of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's, I spotted a gap in the market, but it turned mm. out the market didn't exist. Yeah, yeah, I think Fair so. enough. <laughs> you can't, don't blame yourself for that. You're a talented chap. Uh, it just doesn't always come across. Yeah, anyway, shall we, shall we have, <laughs> shall we have quit, a... Um, quit getting in my niche, mate. Shall we have a, uh, a break and then do some emails? The emails this week, by the way, are absolutely fantastic. Well... She's going to report me for saying bugger, you know. Oh, just wait till I see your mother. You're in real trouble. Oh, I say, well, if you're going to go and see her, then tell her this bugger-shaped fuck she fucking sphincter. Brian <laughs> <laughs> Blessed? Yeah. Excellent. Fucking sphincter. <laughs> that is absolutely outrageous. Yeah. It is, it is true, though. If somebody says they're going to tell on you for doing one thing, you may as well do it a bit more. Are you all right over there? Yeah, I just spilled some water on myself. You didn't just spill water. It went on my leg. 
did it? It went on the eye I have brought in the studio's head. Listen, you're a psychic. Phil, we here for a second. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's exactly the psychics don't have to do that. The, the, the best thing about being a psychic is you don't have any responsibilities. You can just turn up, just waffle on when you can, and just uh, and the other person has to kind of take it to the break or take it to some music. It's brilliant. Yeah. Love being a psychic. Uh, I've tried off now. Yeah. Uh, emails time. So, Pete, what do you want to start with? I've got um, Man Obsesses Over Gadgets. I've got Ooh. A Welcome Return to Egg Chat. I've got Man Damages Balls on Bollard. I've got um, Men Take Arduous Journey. And I've got um, Man Saves Balls with Burrito. A lot of balls trapped. I know, a couple week. of balls Love in it. there. Well, uh, let's save the balls trapped to the ball section. Gadgets uh, you probably want, don't you? Let's have, uh, let's have Egg Chat. Oh, egg chat. Okay. Egg chat, please, All right. Luke. I'll start off with some egg All chat. Right. Um, this is from Rick, who is in Lancashire. Ricky. You might quite like this. He says, I'm a recent subscriber working my way through the episodes. I'm up to episode 50, <laughs> and it's been some time since long eggs were last mentioned. Mm. That was my favorite bit of the podcast, oh. other than the poo bread. What was poo bread? Was that the oh, joke needing a no. poo or something? Or? No, it was, um, it was that guy who um, was going around wiping the bread on the toilet seat and eating it. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he says, I thought, you and your, I thought you and your listeners might like to know that I have some awful memories from when I worked at a battery hen farm in Southport in the late 1980s. What a depressing can, sentence. Can you imagine? What a depressing sentence. There used to be in the work bank in uh, Leicester, uh, which was a university-sponsored uh, or certainly mandated um, kind of um, temp agency on campus. I, I got a few all right jobs on there, and mainly factory work, but there were some good ones. Um, one of the jobs was that, that you would occasionally come up with was um, a chicken, um, like rendering plant or whatever. And that was the worst job you could possibly do. But you made really good money doing it. Did you do it? No, I didn't do it. But a couple of friends did. Well, Rick was on 90p an hour Saturday and Sunday as he was still at school. He says, the stench was awful. Thousands and thousands of chickens in small wire cages on huge, uh, in huge sheds on stilts. Awful. The shit would fall through the wire into the area below the shed, but the wire floor would catch the eggs and they'd roll into a tray to be collected by my colleagues and I. So far, so, so horrific, but straightforward. But Rick goes on to say, what sticks in my mind most isn't the appalling conditions. It was the phenomenon which we called Johnny Eggs. Johnny Eggs. Where hens would frequently lay eggs which didn't have a hard shell. It was like a yolk and albumin in a condom, <laughs> hence the name Johnny Egg. They were quite dry and not unpleasant to touch, but just looked badly wrong. Something I wouldn't dream of eating. Such eggs were not placed in trays like the others. They would be placed in buckets. The soft Johnny skins were quite durable and a bucket would be filled most days. Oh, no, that's horrible. Well, there was a kitchen on the egg farm and one day I was working in the kitchen when I asked what happened to the Johnny eggs. I was disgusted to find out they were blended with the skin still on and sold to a local cake shop. That Now, this cake shop is long gone but it was very popular and they put these Johnny eggs into their cakes. I was about 15 at the time and I regularly had been treated to cakes from this establishment, so must have consumed hundreds of Johnny eggs over the years. Please find attached a picture of a Johnny egg I found on the internet. You guys can use your imagination. It looks exactly as you'd imagine. Um, he says, thanks for taking the time to read it. Rick, now in Lancashire yeah, just, and no longer working at an egg farm. Just relentlessly sorry, because the thing with eggs is you can clean an egg. Oh, oh you don't. You crack an egg and, and it kind of, you know, but the Johnny egg... Blending the, um, which I presume, I presume without the um, hard kind of protein on the outside, you just got the inner bit, like the soft kind of whitey sort of stuff, and it's just like, oh. yeah. How does, that, that. how does that rank alongside a long egg for you? Um, long eggs are weirdly more appetizing. I don't really because, get, I still don't understand how a long egg is made. Well, the man who we, when we started the Luke and Pete show talking about a man 
who was obsessed with making a long egg, uh, which is uh, basically a, 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 a normal egg, a boiled egg, but extruded. So you get like a big sausage, um, a white outer layer, yeah. and then the yellow it's yolk a, in the middle. It's a mystery to me. It's, it's very mysterious, but this man has spent ages trying to make it. A, a not confident uh, food uh, presenter, let's say. Yeah, yeah. Slash blogger. Uh, vlogger, if you will. Um, but he gets more and more confident as he, as he goes through, which I really like. But he's, he's still very charming, charmingly nervous. And he makes this long egg with um, what he readily admits uh, as a waste pipe. Uh, he uses a waste pipe to uh, presumably never used in 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 a um, plumbing situation, but still, none of this is particularly savoury, is it? No, it's not, is it? Why don't you do an email but the, now? But Peter? the long Scotch eggy made once was very savoury. Has to be said. <laughs> um, Definitely. Uh, speaking of uh, waste pipes, I want to say a big hello to who have we got here? Who have we got here? Can you fill for a second while I find the yeah? The do you want me to give you a quick update about uh, a Cadbury's uh, chocolate bar update? Secrets. Yes. Well, you've just done it, so you didn't need me to. We, well, we got so many messages about this. Yeah. Uh, the chocolate bar that I was trying to think of, which was like a nest with a kind of mallow centre. It's a Cadbury secret. Cadbury secret. Um, thanks to Ewan, Simon, and many others who got mm. in touch uh, with the secret info. Uh, Ian, I'll read his email just randomly. He says, I believe the chocolate nest with marshmallow filling bar you were talking about was the secret. Picture attached. I actually sent Cadbury's an email about it. Right. Um, saying, look, are there any plans to bring it back? P.S. Can I please have a, um, have a look around your studio? <laughs> Uh, not your factory, sorry. And they said, um, hi, thanks for contacting us. We receive a large number of requests um, seeking tours of our facilities. As I'm sure you can appreciate, as a food manufacturer, we are limited regarding such visits. Unfortunately, we are unable to support your request for a site visit this time. I'm sorry we are unable to respond more positively. Uh, thanks again. Uh, I didn't even cover didn't the even secret, cover secret I mean, you're clearly on a blacklist. It's not a no, is it? It's not a no. <laughs> You're clearly on a food manufacturer's blacklist. Yeah, normally Do I don't... not let this man in the factory because he will jump in the pipes like Augustus Globe. <laughs> normally I don't call ahead. Just turn up. <laughs> <laughs> you just appear through yeah. a waste pipe. Hello. Um, right, this one comes from Sam. Speaking of uh, waste pipes, and, and that's how I introduced this. Um, he's been listening to uh, the entire uh register kind of portfolio thank you for that uh and also recently rated multiple shows on itunes after about eight years thanks for the memory so yeah get involved review us on itunes yeah. it really does help don't take it don't take eight years to review us review no. us straight away and give us, us five. now for crying out loud give us five and remember what your mum used to say if you've got nothing nice to say don't say anything i have a school story good i'm sorry if this is a bit long like an egg I added that bit. <laughs> Sodium, school, explosion. I went to Quilly School in Hampshire Eastley. Uh, it was our uh, final year and my peers and myself were a particularly brutal group of students. And you really are, mate. You, I mean, you seem to have no conscience with it. Is this it. bad, is it? Um, in a science lesson prior to our final GCSE exams, our teacher decided it was important to touch on the subject of sodium. I don't know all the details about what sodium is or what sodium it was, rather, but it was in block format, stored in oil. Do you remember those? Yeah. Do you remember sodium was always like that silvery sodium was always stored in uh, oil, like a really yellowy oil? Presumably because it reacts with air and water. Oh, yeah, and yeah, stuff. yeah. It, um, fucks, it fucks shit up. The reason he doesn't know what sodium does now is because I can tell already he's clearly the sort of student who didn't listen. Our little cabal decided we would acquire some of the said sodium for a little after-lesson experiment. Good, thinking on your feet. Um, The lesson finished. We had three blocks of sodium and it was the end of the school day. We bundled en masse to the toilets on the ground floor and we dished out these improvised explosives to each faction member and my pal made the first move. The first junk was thrown into the toilet and not a lot happened initially. We peered into the toilet and there was an almighty explosion and smoke began to bellow from the uh, pan. Hysterically laughing, we made a move for the next two lavatories. My friend throwing the next chunk into his bog and me with the largest chunk about the size of your palm. Good God. (laughs) 
<laughs> throwing it into the porcelain uh, and flushing this dangerous substance to travel through the water network. There was an astronomical bang. The second toilet lost its toilet seat. My toilet, the one of which I flushed, quite literally exploded. Porcelain cracked, the soil pipe split, smoke filling the male ground floor toilet, and with water everywhere, the crowd that had gathered were in total shock. I mean, that's gone too far, Pete. Yeah, I mean... It's gone way too far now. They couldn't have known what was going to happen, but I think they had a pretty good idea. We split while cackling like a bunch of old witches. The crowd that gathered were in total shock. We didn't uh, give it much thought in the evening that followed, uh, for it wasn't clear to us the scale of what we had done. We returned to school the next day, toilets on lockdown. We knew for sure that a new toilet was required, but it was clearly something of greater magnitude. Uh, we entered our tutor group room to be met by the head teacher, a fireman, a policeman, a chemicals expert, oh. our science teacher, and the feeling that we'd really dropped a bollock this time. Wow, now that has gone way too far. I'd be absolutely shitting myself. <laughs> Ironically, because there's no toilets left. Yeah, can't do it. Uh, to cut a long story short, the fallout of what we had done meant that the toilets needed to be replaced. Electricity had to be shut off for the entirety of the evening because the smoke was actually fumes from the chemical reaction, which were flammable. Uh, so any lights turned on could have caused an explosion, which enti- filled the entire block. The entire water system and drain had to be cleaned by specialist teams to avoid contamination and the police were involved because it had become a public safety issue. We effectively God. created a chemical spill in the middle of Eastleigh uh, with these three sodium bricks that specialists from the fire service, military and police were involved in to maintain public safety and to ensure there was no ongoing health risk. Needless to say... Uh, the three of us were suspended until our exams. The cost for the work and clean-up reached around £130,000 worth of public funds. Criminal prosecution was thankfully dropped, and the only reason we got rumbled was because we made the schoolboy error of running directly past a CCTV camera while smoke bellowed out behind us. The video footage looked like something from Stars in Their Eyes. Uh, <laughs> on reflection, nice. it was a silly thing to do. That said, we did make the uh, front page of the Daily Echo and nobody was hurt. Well, I mean, I completely suppose, unrepentant. If I can have an instant reaction to that, it would be that I am pleased no one was hurt. Yes, I think that's gone way too far, though. If that was me, I can't imagine what my parents would have done if I had done that. No, sorry, well, I can't imagine what my parents would have done had I been caught doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you have listeners who also uh, attended Quilly who have similar stories: a giant penis painted on the roof that could be seen on Google Maps. Also, our handiwork. This guy's a shit. He's this a shit. This shit. guy. What's his name? Sam. Sam. It's, Sam, you are a oh, certified shit. I mean, on one level, it's good. <sighs> certified shit. Yeah, but get your jingle out. Yeah. On one level, it's good. But on another level, it's also, I mean, horrendous. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, £130,000 of public money. <laughs> I, hope you should, I hope you're happy about that. <laughs> Unbelievable. Lovely. Well, a good email anyway. Yeah, good email. Good email. Um, and the sort of behaviour we do endorse on this Definitely. show. Um, I want to go back to the, the email I thought you would go for first up, Pete which I've titled um, Man Obsesses Over Gadgets. Okay. Now, I like this email because it's... Um, Got distracted by condom eggs, didn't I? Yeah, you did. And that always happens. I like this email because it's from Kesa, and she sends this email um, in a tone that I recognise because that tone I would describe as a wife exasperated by a husband. <laughs> Something I live every single day um, as a husband, not a wife. Uh, Kesa says, Gentlemen, I'd like to throw a new topic into the mix if I may. I wonder if any of your listeners have made some ridiculous gadget purchases in this age of gizmo abundance. Now, Pete, this is your specialist subject, and there will be time for you to respond. Usually. Um, she says, my husband is an overzealous apparatus accumulator, mm. and some of his dust-gathering possessions now include, and there's a list, number one, a heart rate monitor, which <laughs> seems to have soothed his heart attack paranoia by simply sitting on our shelf. <laughs> number two, a security camera rigged to spy on the pigeons living on our balcony, my husband would then tune in from his new job and never to became known around the office as the pigeon guy. 
<laughs> and from then on would only receive pigeon-related gifts from his secret Santas. <laughs> Number three, a blood pressure gauge. Used only once when unboxing it with a friend. Both were satisfied with normal blood pressure levels. <laughs> Number four. It's good to keep an eye out. Look, men's health is important. We don't got the doctors enough, so we need these gadgets. Go to the doctor now. No. You're banned. I'm burned. Say, well, I'm banned from the Cadbury's factory. You're banned from the doctor. <laughs> Number four. One of those ridiculous and seemingly dangerous electric ab-toning belts that Ronaldo hilariously advertises. Used oh, yeah. twice before he heard that someone had died from using one. <laughs> this guy's a wreck. I'm loving it. Number five. A stupid electric fly zapper the shape of a tennis racket which only serves to temporarily stun flies if you should be so lucky as to actually hit one. The latest contraption I mentioned there comes with sourcing for you batteries which I don't think we've heard from no. before. As she says, the list goes on. I wonder what you and your listeners would consider your worst, most useless gadget purchases. Now, if you're listening, hello at lukeandpeteshow.com for that. Pete, take it away. Um... Uh, it's, probably, it's probably that keyboard that's um, got a, like an e-ink display and it's not connected to anything so you don't get distracted. So you put, purchased that when you were writing our book? Yeah, and so I used would... it once to write the book, um, but it was mainly just for tapping down notes every now and again. When I famously got locked in your flat for longer than I'd wish, mm. um, something we've covered extensively on a number of our shows, um, there, was more, there were more gadgets in the house than there was food. Uh, automatons. What's that? Automatons is, you know, that um, sperm-shaped kind of musical um, crotchet uh, note. Yes. Oh, um, yes. You've got about makes, four of those. I've got four of those. Every time I go to Japan, I buy a new one. Uh, because describe keep... it to our listeners because they won't know what it is. Well, it looks like a probably about a foot long. A uh, 3D musical note, like a, a crotchet. 3D, yeah, basically. like a crotchet, but it's got a face on the bell of it, I suppose. It's got a face. On the bell end. On the bell end. It looks like a little saxophone sort of thing. And it's got a sliding kind of um, key keyboards kind of uh, motif on it on the neck of the um spermy sort of thing uh and you press the it's a bit like a stylophone i suppose but with a yeah. but with a kind of um like a valve that open and opens and shuts the mouth that varies the um sound a little bit i would describe um, it as a cartoon brass instrument yeah i'd have that yeah, yeah. cartoon brass instrument and i've bought so many of them how much uh, are they ridiculous yeah, 30 quid are they big in Japan, are they? Um, they, they are big. They're, they're, they're just every time I go to Japan, I buy one, and I'm always disappointed because they always die on me. It's can, really can they be played like by people who know how to play them very well and sound good? Well, I'll, I'll get up a little. Uh, I'll get up a little All YouTube right. if you fancy it. Yeah, sounds good. If the uh, broadband in here feels like working. Um, okay. Can you hear that? No, I can't hear anything, Pete. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> This is loads of them playing at the same time. I mean, they don't always sound like that. They don't even sound that good then. No. Um, the... <laughs> the drums really kind of quite high in the mix on that one, but uh, yeah, they're, they're basically these um, kind of like little squeaky little buggers. And what are they called? They're called automatons, so... and I buy one every time I go to Japan. Uh, sometimes two or three. They're great little gifts. If great you've just been gifts. deafened by that, you've been deafened by an automaton. Not many people can say that. <laughs> don't, you, can't, you can't buy them in the UK. Yeah. Remember when I brought one? On, we had to do Ramble Live. One of our first, I think, at the Prince Charles Cinema, and it was working backstage. And then I went on stage and basically announced that I was pleased because they could now be counted as tax deductible because I was doing it for work. 
Yeah. Uh, and it didn't work because Doc Brown, the um, stand-up, had uh, broken it. Oh, uh, okay. He broke um, it backstage. That was when that was a live show we did where my mother got so drunk <laughs> she kept shouting out in the middle of the show. Yes, that's Mommy what mums Miller. are for. That's what mums are for. The, uh, the it's the home of the room uh, that uh, Prince Charles Cinema famously. Uh, right, okay. and so they do screenings. They that do, that, like, fa- kind of... that famously really bad film that's become yeah. so bad, but it's fame essentially become so bad it's good. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, the, there's a scene where there's spoons and the whole um, crowd throws like plastic spoons. You get given a plastic spoon on the way in. Uh, and so I looked behind the screen and there's just loads of plastic spoons, like so many plastic spoons that they hadn't um, cleaned Wait, up. That sounds wacky to me. That sounds well wacky. Um, it's, where they do the, it's where they do like sing-along uh, film experiences. Yeah, like, like Sound that. of Music and yeah. all that kind of it's stuff. It's a good idea. You know, it's, it's quite, quite good. You've got to out. innovate in this world of, uh, of home cinema. You've got to innovate. You've got to do experiences. You've got to do secret cinema, Blade Runner, stuff like that. You've got to do it. I'm talking diversify. I'm talking diversify. Yeah. All right, that's good. That's yeah. enough from us. Um, hello Ooh. at lukeandpeatshow.com if you want to get in touch. Uh, if you think you can muster an email of equivalent or even greater quality than the ones you've heard today, mm. by all means get in touch. Hello at lukeandpeatshow.com. We would love to hear from you. Um, say goodbye, Peter. <laughs> we'll see you later in the week. Uh, have a good one. Condom egg.